Hey there, and welcome to the Rock Reavers podcast. Here we are all about believing and proclaiming the word. We're totally given to true worship and obedient in taking the gospel to the nations through missions. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that you'll be blessed by this message. The book of Ezekiel chapter 16, let us read verse 1 to verse 8. Do we have it? Beautiful. Let us go. 2, 3, 1, go. Wait a minute. I had somebody saying, Das. This KJV language is complicated, don't you agree? So, could we have message today? Is that nice? Once in a while, we can become modern, right? Can we have it in the message translation uh, so that my, my Luo brothers don't have to suffer a little bit? Right? Let's have it on the message. Is that possible? We have it? Okay, let's read from verse 1 to verse 8. Beautiful. Amen. Can you read verse 9 and 10, please? Amen. Look at your neighbor. Just say, neighbor, you are getting out in the name of Jesus. Sit on your high places, neighbor. Sit on your high place. Good morning, church. So good to see each and every one of you in church. You know, it's a little bit chilly and it's a little bit muddy, but we thank God here we are. Hallelujah. I'm excited because God has been faithful not only in church, but he has also been faithful in our lives. There are things and stories that are happening in our community, and we begin to celebrate God because something is happening at Rivers Church. Something is happening in your life. Get ready for something to change. Ask your neighbor, neighbor, are you ready for something? Are you ready for something to, are you ready for something to change? Are you, are you ready for something to change? I'm excited about the word of God because God is clear that where 
where his word is, there is power. That we don't just listen to God's word because we have nothing to do. But every time he speaks, he speaks because there is power to be released. And this morning, as he speaks to us and he has addresses us this Sunday morning, tell your neighbor, power is about to locate you. I'm just trying to warm you up to this. His power is about to locate you. Let's have some church. Power is about to... Look at the book of Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 11, scripture says something, that the word of God is living and the word of God is active. That means then this morning, anything that is dead in your life, by virtue of the proceeding word of God, this morning it must come to life. Hallelujah. Let me say that one more time. Anything that is dead in our lives does not have permission when it is exposed to the word of God. That is why it's important that we constantly bath ourselves with the word of truth, that we constantly expose our spirits and expose our minds to the word of truth. He said that the word of God is quick and it is powerful. He's able to deal with delay this morning. I was praying this morning and I heard God saying that he's about to break delay in this house. That those things that feel like they are not moving, those things that feel like they are behind schedule, by the supernatural power of God's word, there has to be acceleration this morning. Are you ready for the word? There has to be acceleration this morning. Listen to me. We are not the ordinary. We are not them that walk as them without a father. One thousand times no. We are them that walks with a father that knows how to deal with delay. That is why Abraham staggered not at the promise of the father. He says his body being dead. He did not say no to God's promise. It doesn't matter how it looks like this morning. God is about to come through. Do you believe that? Let me ask this side. God is about to come through. Do you believe that? The text today is a very graphic text and a very challenging text because it depicts a situation that is not only disturbing, but a situation that is also emotionally moving and a situation that seems hopeless. Uh, the prophet Ezekiel paints a picture of a baby that was born and this baby was pushed out of the womb without a midwife and this baby was left on the streets. In fact, the scripture says that the afterbirth was upon this baby. It's a very disturbing picture of the reality of Jerusalem. But today in examining this scripture, I need to pay fidelity to our title, which is Kings and Wineskins. And in arguing this subject, I want us to consider three things and then we can begin to pray. The first thing is that if God is going to use you, there's going to be need for some type of preparation. Tell your neighbor preparation. Look at the other one. Tell them preparation. Look at the other one. Tell them preparation, baby. Can you, go to a, can you go to a hospital where the doctor was not trained? Or can you go to a hospital where the doctor was trained in a Juakali school or in a motorbike school? That you have a heart disease, but you go to a mechanic and tell them, you know, I see you banging some stuff. Why don't you bang my heart? <laughs> Hallelujah. That there is going to be some preparation. Jesus taught something in the book of Mark. Is it chapter 2, verse 42? And he begins to show us something and he argues and says that no man, will take new wine and pour in old wineskins. 
that nobody in his right mind will take new wine, somebody, and do what? And pour it in old wine skins. And this is a mystery of the kingdom. This is a mystery of progress. He's arguing and saying that there is a newness that is prepared. But that newness sometimes, because of the lack of preparation in the vessel, might become a curse and not a blessing. That the anointing is ready to come upon us and God's blessing is ready to come upon us. But are you ready to receive God's blessing? Many of us are not ready for an answer of the prayers we make here on Friday. Hallelujah. Are you ready for some of the prayers that you have been making? The, listen, the anointing and the anointed must agree. How can two walk together except they be agreed? And Jesus begins to argue and he says, no man puts new wine in old wineskin that, that, so that to preserve double loss. Because he says, if that happens, what will happen is that both the wineskin and the wine will be laid to waste. That the blessing and the blesser will be laid to waste. That the wine will be poured, but because the, the old wineskin cannot contain the new wine, the vessel will break and waste the wine. Look at your neighbor and just tell them, the container matters. Look at them, look at them again, the container. The container. The container matters. The container matters. They are cont Do you know, children of God, our refusal to enter into maturity and into growth has kept us into an ungodly sense of stagnation and lack of progress. Look at Galatians chapter 4 verse 1. Look with me, Galatians chapter 4 verse 1. He says, if the heir be a child, he differed nothing from the slave, though he be master of all. That is why growth is not a luxurious request. Growth is a requirement for progress. You cannot talk about dominion and taking cities and walking in kingly dimensions, except there is maturity and growth in your lives. Look at your neighbor, tell them, baby, it's time to mature. Come on, it is time to mature, it is time to grow up, and I need to hear some maturity in your voice, hallelujah. I want to hear some, I want to see some maturity in your posts, neighbor. I want to see some maturity in the memes that you post. <laughs> hallelujah, glory to God. I want to see some maturity, wife, with how you relate with me. Because if the heir be a child, he devoted nothing for the slave, though he be master of all. Listen to me, the visionary and the vision must agree. Hallelujah. Are you ready for kings and wineskins? The vision and the visionary must agree. I came to suggest this morning, could it be that the vision is stirring because it is waiting for the visionary to get ready? Could it be that the vision you carry is bigger than the vessel to contain it and that God, out of mercy and grace, is holding marriage away from you because what you think is called marriage, you are not ready. I don't know if I'm in church, somebody, that you've been praying for employees on employees, for, for increase on increase in business. But God is saying, wait a minute, I need you to understand human resource policy. I need you to understand relationship management. That temper that you have, you will fire people and your business will close down. Therefore, I am holding back until the wineskin be ready. Wine cannot, listen, listen to me. New wine cannot be poured in old wineskins. 
Let me say that one more time. New wine cannot be poured in old wineskins. When you study Hebrew culture, you will realize scholars argue, this pastor, sit down, sit down, sit down, sir. We'll do, be doing this on second service. Wait for our two services. And the scholars argue that wineskins deal with spiritual infrastructure. It deals with physical infrastructure. It deals with mental infrastructure. We're in a building site, church of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's a construction that must happen in our mind. Because where your mind cannot go, your reality will never experience. There's a construction that is happening in our spirit. He said, be not drunken in wine, as in where is it in excess, but be you filled with the, there's a construction that is happening in our spirit. There's also a construction, Pastor Doc, that is happening in, your, in our bodies. Yes, sir. Amen, 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 1,000 times, amen. Uh -huh. He said physical, it says physical exercise, profited much. Do you know there's a version of you that cannot enter destiny? Hallelujah. There is a dimension, there's a mental dimension to your growth. There is a mental, there is a spiritual dimension to your entry. And there is a physical dimension. I've been studying about top performing CEOs. And some of their top seven priorities, they have nutrition in there. They have exercise in there. They have retreat in there. One day the MD of Coca-Cola was talking. And he said one of the things that makes for successful CEOs is the ability to, to balance career. And the ability to balance family life and the ability to balance mental healthness that God is saying I want people who are balanced hallelujah that is why for some of us you have to get out of the prayer closet and begin to manifest in the marketplace but some of us need to get out of the marketplace and begin to manifest in the prayer closet that there's a requirement to be effective in prayer but there's also a requirement to be effective with your daily life tell your neighbor new wine cannot be poured in old wineskins there is a structure requirement that, that will bring you to a place of experiencing everything that God... Listen, what God has for you is available, but there is a version of you that unlocks it. The hair, if he remains a child. Are you seeing that that blessing has been stopped by childishness? Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. He says, let him that nameth our Lord Jesus Christ depart from foolish disputes. Ask your neighbor, baby, how's your, how's your, if we were to categorize your disputes, what are your categories? You know, where, who, who took the remote and who stole my airtime and who ate my last piece pizza? I left pizza in this fridge, eh? And, I, and, 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 you know, anger begins to flare up. Reserve that anger to pray for a second service at Rivers Church. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God forever. Tell your neighbor, kings and wineskins. Now, the text brings us to a very interesting conversation that I want to deal with here because it begins to become a kingdom model and to give us the right perspective in how we must handle that which we need to do. One of the first principles, I'm now on number two, I said three things and then we pray. One of the first principles that Ezekiel begins to release is the principle of constant motion. 
And the principle of constant motion argues that you receive nutrition in this dimension, but that nutrition is to focus and to function in the next dimension. The reason why I am taught one plus one is two, two plus two is four, and then I am taught the timetable, you know, the, it's called the multiplication table. And you know, somebody comes and says, nine times seven is what? Uh, hey, I see there. Now I can see where you are sitting in class. <laughs> you know, everybody one times one is, huh? <laughs> table one, table two, those ones were easy, but table seven, eight, and nine, those ones. Say nine times seven. <laughs> the reason why we master those timetables is so that we can put it to use in class four. It is not so that we can be singing nine times one, nine times two, that the nutrition that I receive in one dimension is for function in the next dimension. That sometimes when you overstay a season in your life, when you overstay one dimension of your life, you will begin to find that it begins to behave like a prison. Did you know that when a child is in, is, is in the first trimester, okay, I don't know if you knew, but here it is now, that if somebody is pregnant for three months, it is okay. Is it not, Pastor Doc? And then if they are pregnant for six months, we are even celebrating. We do what? What do we do? Baby shower. We do a, what is baby shower? We do, not bridal shower, baby shower. There are some single people here saying bridal. It's baby. This one is baby now. Baby shower. And you can even see that, that before marriage, it is bridal shower. After marriage, it is baby shower. It's all bees, but they are different dimensions. Are you seeing that? Then when they are mind eight is, 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 I don't know, mother needs to be taken care of. Oh, come, I give you a hug. The mother, but at month nine, okay, we begin having what? An expectation. And that expectation is justified by biology. Because at month nine, something must come forth. Listen to me. At month nine, what should happen? Now, what happens at month ten? Ikoshida. If you say I've been pregnant for 14 months, Pastor Des, you say bring anointing oil. I see the spirit of deception has entered this church. Why? Because there is an expectation that pregnancy is for nine months. Now enter with me into the womb. Are you in the womb with me now? And you are now the baby. And now the baby has been enjoying comfort and has been enjoying amniotic fluid. Life is so easy. And the baby has just been hearing guji, guji, guji from outside. And there has been, it's been warmth and the baby is completely comfortable. But all of a sudden, it looks like the walls, now we are on month nine, it looks like the walls of the comfortable position are crashing in. And it looks like all hell has broken loose and there is sanction pressure from one end end. The baby was used just to enjoying itself, eating at lunchtime, you know, sleeping, waking up, no need to wake, no need to open your eyes, just chilling. But all of a sudden, there's something pushing you at the end. If the baby at that point shifted into tongues, the baby is in error. <laughs> Are you listening to me, church? If the baby starts praying in tongues, Jaikyoko's tongues, ooh, Rebada, I bind every suction pressure. That prayer is a prayer of foolishness. Because every dimension, there is a requirement to enter into the next dimension. And what God does, he ensures when your time in this season is up, ready or not, you are thrusted into another season. And what we call warfare sometimes is just a manifestation of the next season of your life. Hallelujah. 
hallelujah, that there has to be an understanding that sometimes when, when the world seems to be crashing around you, there has to be a revelation that where I was was not the world. Where I was was just a world. And now I am moving into the world. And God teaches something in the book of Psalms. David argues and says concerning birth and death. He says that concerning birth, we must, we must, we must rejoice. No, actually he says like this. Interesting. He says we must cry when they are born. But we must die, we must rejoice when they die. That birth and death are just two dimensions of God's revelation of transition. That it takes birth for us to move from one dimension to another dimension. And that that movement in another place is called transition. That that transition is not without discomfort. And that is why sometimes, instead of making long prayers, you must just say, neighbor, I know I don't look like it right now, but I'm just in a transition. I know it looks like things are not working right now, but I am just in a transition. I am still getting used to this new world. I was at a place where there was warmth on every side. I was at a place where I was comfortable, surrounded by liquids. But right now I have entered into a new dimension and all of a sudden there is a desire to cry. And this is why babies cry, because they are come out of a place of comfort. And sometimes that's what happens. You enter into a relationship, you thought it was flowers on flowers, but you start crying. Tell your neighbor, baby, you are in a transition. You know, <laughs> so one day, so one day, baby, can I, tell you, can I tell this story? You don't know which one. <laughs> so one day, one day, one day, <laughs> Noel, I know you, I, you want to hear this story, Noel, right? You, I know you want to hear this story. So one day we are, we are sleeping and, and now, you know, you know, let me not say women, but let me say my wife now, this whole evening, when we go to bed is when she has discovered she has content to share with me. This whole, the whole evening, there was nothing. Now when we enter the bed, now I say, baby, you know, baby, I want to wake up in the morning to pray. Please, I want to sleep now. Then he says, okay, let me pray for you. <laughs> and you enter her place, and instead of rejoicing, you begin by crying. You know, but it's just a transition. It's just a transition. And someone say, now I want to break up because why am I crying? It was not meant to be like this. But when the baby comes out from amniotic, the first thing they do, what is it? It's crying, oh. The new dimension that you're praying for will deceitfully be painful at first. Yes, 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 yes. That growth is deceitfully painful. Is it not, is it not Ali that said, uh, work and be eh? painful exercise is easy battle. That if you have pain in the process, you will have easier victories in the, in the game day. Yes, Transition is painful. For that old wineskin, that wineskin that, that cannot contain your new dimension, to become new, there is a requirement to go through painful transition. There are some things that must be cut. There are bandages that you must have that is the badge to enter into your new season. There are some things that you must pass through. Who said, you know, somebody said, ah, I've dated three times. When will I ever get married? Ask the ones who are married how many they dated. Hallelujah. I have closed my business. I'm, I don't think this business thing is for me. Ask the ones who made it in business how many businesses they closed. Pain then becomes an indication of progress. That's the right perspective of and the proper discipleship. It's not a discipleship that embraces miraculous delivery out of the womb before nine months. Yes, sir. 
That is not desire. That is witchcraft. If a baby comes before nine months, that baby must be incubated at high cost. Praise the Lord. If you had a budget of 200,000 and the baby comes before time, it is now 1 million, Bob. Get ready. Or 1.4 million. And that is what happens when we are not ready for where God is taking us to. Are you ready to enter into your place of blessing and manifestation? Are you ready for an answered prayer to the things you have been praying for? Are you ready? Do you know what it means to be a parent? Hallelujah. Are you ready for answered prayer? Do you know what it means to be an employer? Do you know what it means to be a landlord? Are you ready for God's next season for your life? And Ezekiel shows us something here. He says that the baby was thrashed out. But, and, and this is painful now. The baby was thrashed out. But that baby was thrashed out without midwife. Now, listen to me and listen to me good. Midwives are important. Look at your neighbor, tell the midwives are important. Please, somebody squeeze Vini for me and just tell the midwives. <laughs> squeeze Vini, I can see, I can see their eyes are about to drop. Don't sleep on me right now. Ay, 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 ay. Midwives are important. Do you remember when Pharaoh wanted to deal with the Hebrews? Remember what he did? He didn't meet the mother. He didn't meet the father. He didn't meet the children. He met the midwives because he knows if he can cut the midwives, then he will cut the production. If he can cut the midwives, then he can ensure that when the babies come out, the midwives will kill them. Blessed are they who have midwives. And in this walk of destiny, wisdom is opening up your eyes to separate between a midwife and a debtor. There are people who God has called into our lives as midwives to midwife us from one position to another. People who have gone before us in that place that you are desiring to go. People who have already entered into the space that you are praying and trusting God for. And it takes a midwife to pull you from your current dimension into your new dimension. Foolishness is changing midwives into debtors. That God has called somebody into your life that is supposed to be a door opener, but because of foolishness and wrong and, and, you know, incorrect, improper perception, you begin asking for handouts from somebody who was supposed to open your doors and sabotage destiny. Have you ever heard of such a thing? I know you have. That sometimes God has opened some doors for us. And those doors were so that we are able to experience and encounter our midwives who are supposed to transition us into our next dimension. Men who hold doors for our lives. That God is saying this morning, open up your eyes and begin to identify midwives. Do you know that the midwife will insert their hand into the in apparatus of birth and pull the baby out? And then after pulling the baby out, the midwife will clean the baby and make the, re the baby ready. You know, there are some of us who you are being delivered into a new dimension, but your language looks like it's pulling you back to the womb. But the midwife is cleaning you up so that you can get the proper language and the proper protocol. There are people who are like that. Listen, Elisha found a midwife in Elijah. That it took Elijah 
to bring Elisha to his place of destiny. And Elisha was keen enough to pursue Elijah as a midwife for destiny. In fact, scripture says, let me, if you study Elijah, you know, scholars argue that he had, a serious, he had a serious temper issue. And I'm sure Elijah slapped Elisha once in a while. In fact, scripture says that, you know, Elijah used to run a school of prophets where Elisha was coming and other prophets. And all of those, all of those ones did not see anything. In fact, they all ran away. Because I'm sure Elijah was not teaching the way I'm teaching here, smiling, give, saying this is a hugging church. It was a slapping church. You're not getting this thing. It was slapping and kicking. And Elijah would ask Elijah, are you still here? And then what happens is Elijah pursues Elijah from Gilgal. He goes beyond all these places. And scripture says that finally Elijah asked Elijah a question. And it was the seeing test. He says, you see, Elijah says, I want double portion. Then Elijah says, when you see me exit. And indeed, he saw. Scripture says, and the chariots and the horsemen thereof came and took the man of God, Elijah. And Elisha saw him departing and he threw his coat and he was careful enough to catch it. Elisha entered into the place of destiny because of a midwife called Elijah. Who has God brought into your life as a midwife? In corporate language, you know, these people, they're always stealing our intellectual property. They call it sponsors. People who are able, uh, you know, in Kenya, in Kenya, let me slow down. Let me slow down a little bit. Joy, like, let me slow down. You know, in Kenya, when you say sponsor, hey! <laughs> when you just say sponsors, like, you say, what? Because there's this unhealthy relationship between sponsors and the sponsor. Eh? I'm talking about corporate sponsors. Get your mind out of the gutter this morning. And these corporate sponsors, these are people who will go ahead of you and mention you in boardrooms where you are not. So that by the time you are coming, the way is already prepared for you. These are people who will get you TV interviews and so on. God is saying that I have to be sensitive enough to know who is a midwife in my destiny. Timothy found a midwife in Paul, that it is Paul that correctly positioned Timothy's mind to pursue destiny. For Ruth, it was who? Naomi. And look at the loyalty position. He says, oh, your people will be my people. Where you will go, I will go. But that's not the position of many people in this world today. Because you will deal with your midwives as though they are your peers and as though they are your equals. And in doing so, sabotage destiny and make heaven, but make heaven very tired. Because where God ordained for you to be driving in cars, you walked all your life. Because you decided to deal with your midwives as peers. And you say to, you say to commonize the midwife. There is, no, there is no common conversation, somebody, between the baby that is being birthed and the midwife. There is, listen, listen to me good, there is zero, there, there is no relationship, there is no, there is no chemistry. The midwife is clear that the baby must come out, but the baby must be clear that I am being helped out. Don't sabotage your help. Hallelujah. I had a man of God say that, listen, not every bridge is for burning. Your emotions notwithstanding. Can I say that one more time? Not every bridge. There are bridges where you must swallow your pride and endure suffering yes, for a little while. Hallelujah. Let me say that one more time. There are jobs where you must endure hardship for a little while because, you know, they don't pay me my words. Shut up your mouth and position yourself to be midwifed into the next dimension. 
These are the sermons that bring people to TBN. And I'm telling you, these are sermons that become books. So you never correctly perceive the midwives in your life. But God introduces a very interesting dynamic in this text that completely blows my mind. Because the indictment was not on the mother because there was no ailment on the mother or death on the mother. The indictment was not on the child because the child was not abused. The indictment was on an imaginary midwife that was not there. That while God has appointed midwives for us, for some of us, there are no midwives. Hallelujah. For some of us, we will be born like this baby. In fact, scripture says that Jerusalem was without a midwife. That when people were asking for help and door openers and destiny connectors, there was no help that came from heaven. And it seems like Jerusalem was alone. And Jerusalem was pushed out of the womb without a midwife. That sometimes, I don't know who I'm speaking to, that sometimes it might seem like there is no help coming. That sometimes it might seem like nobody is about to help you to come out of the womb. But God told me to tell you this morning, jump out of the womb anyway. That even if it looks like there is no support coming your direction, even if it looks like there is not, nobody opening the corporate, the corporate doors, even if it looks like there is nobody helping you un to unlock the capital, jump into that business anyway. That Jerusalem did not come from a place of being midwife, but Jerusalem jumped out of the womb by itself. Hallelujah. That builds the mentality that God has put a certain level of responsibility upon your hands. That you can jump with help. Glory to God for people who have, who have help. But I can jump without help. That is why I praise him this morning. I praise him this morning because I know even when help refused to come from equity bank, when the credit committee said that I do not qualify for the loan, I had God say, jump into the business anyway. That when I sent my CV and I called, you know, I called my uncles who are supposed to know people in town, who are supposed to know HR professionals, and they refused to pick my call. And they said, I'll get back to you. Do you know this thing that you're calling reply message? I'll call you back. I am in a meeting. Uh, text, please. I'm in the gym. I don't know. I'm in the sauna. I'm in the spa. I don't care. I don't know some type of message. But God said, jump out anyway. That sometimes when you're waiting for help and help does not come, then you become the help you have been waiting for. Amen. That help may come and help might not come, but jump out anyway. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm on number two, handling transitions. That we must learn to correctly perceive transitions. Here's number three. Number three begins to deal with, says the baby had the afterbirth. That the baby came out, but the baby was with an afterbirth. And the argument then scholarly is, based especially on Galatians chapter 4, he says that my young children, I labor for you that he may be born again, again, in one of the translations. He says that Christ may be formed in your heart. Paul says, I travail for you. 
and he begins to reveal to us that this life is not really about being born again, but it's about being born again and being born again and being born again. That there are several births in the life of the believer. There are several transitions and every transition is always preceded with a collapse of the current environment. And sometimes the explanation of why things are collapsing is because it is time to enter into the new season. You know, somebody gets a place and you're comfortable and you're driving the car, you've always wanted to drive and you're living at the place, you've always wanted to live and your children, don't you just love your children? They are smiling at you and calling you all the names you have always wanted to be called. And then that, that environment begins to collapse. God said, that is not an indication that I have abandoned you, but as a matter of fact, that is an indication that I am, I am with you and it is time for growth. Hallelujah. The baby had afterbirth. And that is the story of many of us here in this church. That we have left our yesterday. We have left here to get over here. But the challenge is sometimes is when I am over here, I still look like over there. And I still smell like over there. And I still talk like over there. Paul said to be absent in the flesh is to be present with the Lord. Yes? What is in the middle? Is death. That death transitions me from being over here and brings me over there. Death, the idea of death in the Bible is not finality, but it is transition. Look at John chapter 12, verse 24. Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and it dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. How does death over here bring much fruit over here? How does a failed business over here bring empires of business over here? But transition. That I am just in a transition. What looks like it is dying in your life is God's message of increase in the same dimension. That the seed must first die. It is the same seed, though. And that same seed. That means... It was agriculture that I started and it refused to work. And I did agriculture again. God is saying the more that agriculture is dying, the more you should get ready for increase. Correctly perceiving transition. Finally, as we begin to close out, we can get ready to pray. We have four minutes. He argues here and he says, that now I came unto you in the message and I saw you. And I saw you as a grown-up woman, fit for love. Ain't it interesting that God did not rescue the baby from destruction? That Jerusalem was pushed out, but God did not move. That there was no midwife, God did not move. The baby was pushed out, God did not move. The baby had afterbirth, God did not move. The baby started growing up in the streets, God did not move. Then God comes and says, I see you are grown now. And you are worthy, or you, des you desire, you're fit for love. He says, I will clothe you, I will adorn, I will adorn you, I will reward you with the covenant of marriage. God is saying that he that endures to the end shall be rewarded. He that endures to the end. The interesting thing about this text is that God preserved the life of the baby. God did not preserve the comfort of the baby. Yes, 
God did not preserve the convenience of the baby. God did not preserve the desires of the baby. God preserved the life of the baby. Because better is a live dog than a dead lion. Because a live dog, in as much as a dead lion has a bigger voice, it is dead. A live dog can say woo-woo once in a while. And thugs can run away thinking that it's a very big dog because the dog is in the back. Praise the Lord. God is calling us this morning to endure to the end, number three. That the first is calling us to get into a place of maturity, number two, to understand transitions, and number three, to come to a place of endurance to the end. Don't give up now just because it looks like you have afterbirth in your life. Just because it looks like. And that is why it's a waste of time to judge people. Because sometimes they look like where they came from. They have afterbirth. Sometimes how I speak is just an indication of where I am coming from. You know, when you're going for small groups, you're going for connect fellowships, and you're, you're hitching a ride by somebody, you're giving somebody a ride, and all of a sudden a Kenyan matatu, you know, interjects them in an annoying way, then you hear a response that begins to cause you to pray in tongues. Don't pray in tongues. That is just afterbirth. Thank the Lord that they are going to uh, connect groups. Hallelujah. Sometimes we don't look like Christians even. We don't even look like where we are. We don't look like church. But it's, a, it's foolishness to judge somebody because they sound or, or, and or look like where they're coming from. It is evidence of the work of God. Hallelujah. That gives me grace and mercy to be able not only to deal with me, but also to deal with others in a way that does not suggest you must be growing faster than you're growing. Is, let me ask you, Miriam, let me ask you. Can I ask you, Miriam? If somebody gave birth today, your cousins gave birth last week. If they gave birth and this kid comes out and says, give me five pizzas. Won't you call Pastor Stan immediately and say, we have a demon in this hospital? Uh-huh. Why is it that if a kid grows faster than usual, it's a problem? But spiritually, you want to grow faster than usual. Why? Hallelujah. What hypocrisy is this than when somebody does not come for prayer service and you know they're at home eating pizza, now you're angry. Now you are judging them. What happened to grace and mercy? Look at your neighbor, tell them grace and mercy, baby. Wait, wait, grace, grace, grace and mercy, grace and mercy. If a baby came out right now and said, man, the baby, I'm so tired, I'm so tired, take me for a massage. Like what? What? What kind of baby is this? Praise the Lord. Endurance to the end is being comfortable in your stage and trusting God for growth. That I can be comfortable as I trust God for growth. Hallelujah. There are things right now that look like fundraisers to you. But shortly they will not be fundraisers. Buana asifiwe. You know we're having a conversation about inflation with some, with some, let me not call them friends of mine, with some colleagues. And we were talking about inflation. But the shocking thing is that after talking for a while... I realize I'm talking to the, to the wrong group because most of them didn't even know what inflation is. In this wise, nobody cares who inflation is. In this wise, because you say, you know, sugar used to be 200, now it's 300. A guy's like, okay, so let it be 500, who cares? Are you seeing? That before, you know, you went to a supermarket with a calculator. Hey! <laughs> okay. Let's, 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 let's. Have you, have you, have you seen, you know, on, on the left is, is the, Two instruments of power, budget and calculator. 
But there are dimensions to this thing. There's the budget and calculator side, and there's the other side of pick that one, pick that one. Do you want some conflicts? Ah, I don't want conflicts. Okay, I don't know. Put this. You know, no budget, no calculator, no understanding on, of inflation. Even for them, one day before, one day it was budget and, and calculator. But after budget and calculator for nine months, there is a requirement, somebody. Praise the Lord. Ah, yeah. Am I in the right church? Do you know, renting for 30 years is not a testimony. You will make heaven very tired because the landlord have, would have been harassing you, ostracizing you. You even have a file of letters. There is no testimony there. You know, somebody says, you know, man, this, we've rented for 30 years. You know, when we came here, there was no road. That is not a testimony. Shut up your mouth. And you, you see, these people who are renting for 30 years, they're the ones who are making this country have a housing problem. Because while you're supposed to be coming out of renting to enter into ownership, the rest of us who should be entering into renting, you are blocking us and reducing the supply of housing and pushing rental prices up. Are you seeing? Hallelujah. Some of the things that we ask ourselves at Connect Group is when are you buying your house? That is not materialism. Praise the Lord. Even God asked Israel to build him a house. When are you buying your house? This, this afternoon we are dedicating, we are dedicating cars here. I was saying this year I want to dedicate houses now. Because after nine months, hallelujah, after nine months, there has to be a baby. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor we must demand progress. Let us rise up and pray one prayer. Just one prayer. Lift up your hands now and your voice. Stand up with me. Let us just trust God for progress. That indeed as kings we will be able to prepare our wine skins. That will handle transition correctly. God brings midwives. God brings people who will open doors for us. But as we do that, let us have the patience to endure to the end. That we will not give up because something is not happening in the short term. That we will put our eyes firmly on what God is doing in our lives. We will put our eyes firmly on what God is doing in our generation. We will put our eyes firmly on what God is doing even in our nation. Now lift up your voice and just say, oh God, prepare this vessel of mine to be ready even for the new wine. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we want to pray today that, Father, let that structure that makes for growth, the infrastructure that makes for progress, the structure that is required in my mind, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, the structure that is required in my spirit, the structure that is required somebody in my body, let that structure be availed to me in the name of Jesus, that I may enter my next dimension, that I may transition. We want to pray, oh God, today that you will lose midwives in our lives in the name of Jesus. Oh God, lose midwives now. Lose midwives now. Corporate sponsors, lose them right now. Debt providers, lose them right now. Equity providers, investors, lose them right now. Oh God, connections that will bring us even to our place of settlement in the name of Jesus. Lord, we lift up our voices in Rivers Church today and trust you for progress in the name of Jesus. Lord, we give you the praise. We give you the glory in Jesus' precious name. I said in Jesus' precious name. Thank you for sticking into the end. We hope you are blessed by this message. Follow us for more of these messages when new episodes drop and make sure to rate us so that more people can find out about us. Bye-bye.